Hello. I'm Aaron Holloway-Nahum, Artistic Director of the Riot Ensemble. We're a new music ensemble based in London, and we'd like to welcome you back to Chest of Toys, a podcast about the cacophonous, playful, and beautiful world of new music. For most of us, when we think about new music, we're thinking about a concert, or perhaps a recording. But for the musicians involved in performing this music, the dominant experience isn't the concert, or even the rehearsals. It's the days, weeks, even months spent alone in their practice room, often with only the score for company. So I was interested in asking our musicians, what's the first thing that goes through your mind when I send you a new piece that we're going to perform? God, Aaron Holloway Nahum, the artistic director of Art Ensemble. What an idiot. What's he asked me to do now? How long is this going to take in my life? And then I calm down and I open the score and I see that it's not as bad as I might have imagined. Everything I get is normally electronic first. So I'll open up the PDF and scroll down. Um, which actually is a bit strange because you're just scrolling. You don't really get a sense of the whole thing properly. My first panic is always, how difficult is this piece? <laughs> Maybe this is going to be amazing and it's going to surprise me. There's going to be things in it that I haven't ever thought of before. I read the instructions. That usually takes about 20 minutes and then I make a list of things that I might need. You can learn a great deal about composers' ideas about density. Fishing wire for the bowed piano parts. Texture. A bouncing ball attached to a stick. Melody or not. I've got a glass. I need to sweep along the strings. Even what kind of font publishers use. And I also need to use my fingernails. Composers are very specific about these things, and I think we have to be really attuned to that because you learn a lot from seeing how carefully something is presented. This is Lachenman, piece for solo cello, Pression. This is a masterpiece. <laughs> this is an amazing piece of music. And it's the most funny score I've ever opened. There are no notes. There's these amazing little drawings of hands holding the bow, of the cello and where you're supposed to place your hands and things. So this is, you could probably safely say, a bit more abstract. When you first look at this, what is it that makes you commit your time to working that out? I don't know, I'm just curious. I realised when I memorise things, normally I just I have the pitches and the rhythms in my head. I'm, I'm singing it in my head. And with this, it was more me memorising movements and uh, gestures and, and where you touch the cello. I don't know. It just, you memorised it? Well, yes, because I think with a piece like this, it's so theatrical and visual. With the way the cello is, you sit down. If there's a music stand there, no one's going to see any of it. And it's a waste. Memorizing contemporary music is unusual, but whether you're memorizing it or not, the first solo practice phase is really where the hardest yards are put in. So after all that solitude, all that time spent learning those intricate gestures and moments, what's it like in those first moments of rehearsal when the music becomes a communicating, breathing, shared thing? Yeah, yeah, it was the only thing I missed. I got the glass, I got the rubber tube, exactly. I got the fingernail, but yeah. I did not play that Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three bars. Yeah. Everything makes suddenly much more sense. When parts suddenly become a whole, it suddenly is, is a much clearer and in, in many ways less stressful 
thing because you realize that everyone around you is in the same boat. I think when you finally are able to do that in a group, it's it's like a, a kind of sigh moment of, you know, oh, great, finally, you know, I can see how this will, it will work. I'm happier now we've done a, a two-hour rehearsal <laughs> and I feel like I can do this piece now whereas when I first arrived at town I was a little bit scared because I didn't know what it was going to sound like especially when there's so many extended techniques in the instruments uh, for example the cello might be scraping away really really forcefully and it's going to affect the pitches that they have notated um, and that's quite terrifying Sometimes even when you're performing, you're so involved in the details and the intricacies and getting it together and concentrating that it's hard to tell how the audience is going to perceive it because you're so consumed in the details and trying, 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 trying to get everything across that you kind of don't have time to <laughs> absorb the full effects. Our players are talking a lot about concentration and effort and precision. This is very different from the experience of the audience, who hears an overall result and comes looking for entertainment or insight or meaning. So what do the musicians get out of learning and then performing these strange, often complex pieces? What's in it for them? You can make it your own so much easier than anything else has not been performed before. People can write things for you, so you have that really fantastic relationship with a composer, with a living composer, living person. They're right there and they can write things specifically for the colour of your voice. I can really put my own personal stamp on it, which is really exciting. Without getting too philosophical, I think, you know, this is the music of our time, right? So it, it it can be more relatable to people than, you know, music that's 300 years old, potentially. Um, because this is music that we're so passionate about and want people to, you know, hopefully love it as much as we do and, and find a way for them to get there, then it's about kind of communicating really, really clearly what we have on the page in front of us to someone sitting in the audience. You know, it's like, how do we exaggerate what we're doing in a way that will elicit a response in a listener. But can we hear ba okay. Yeah, I think that's what we want to hear. So that we hear that oh, Obviously people take it down. immensely seriously, and so they should, because people spend all sorts of time investing in writing and practicing these pieces. But I mean, I really feel passionately about the fact that it's fun, <laughs> and it's, it's play in many ways. I mean, you can't have creativity without a sense of play. It feels fine now that you don't have to do the rubber tube thing. Yeah. If it's not fun right. to yeah. try, it's not fun to listen to. And uh, however strange and, and unusual and, and often threatening the sound world might be, I think you could invite people into it much more by just having that sense of, um, okay, let's see what happens. 
lot of people who come to listen to new music now are just interested in in electronic music, and they can come from a they like going to raves and like dance music, and and they're just looking for different sounds. Sound people just like sounds. I think that's the direction we're going in, and we can make a lot of sounds with our instruments. That's Louise McMonagall, cellist with the Riot Ensemble. Thanks also to one of our pianists, Adam Swain. Pleasure. <laughs> to our viola player, Stephen Upshaw. My pleasure. And to one of our sopranos, Sarah Dacey. Is that it? Yeah. Cool. Actually, that's not quite it. For me, one of the most important things about performing with Riot Ensemble, about any performance of new music, is that there's a mixture of motives and emotions and ideas on stage, even at the moment of performance. Look, we're all pulling together in the same direction, but at any moment, one player in the ensemble might be playing this lick that they have perfected and just love performing, while another is suffering, trying to get out some enormously difficult pianissimo color or effect. Another is just having a great time in the back, bowing away on a piano string. But the overall effect, the combined effort of all that, the thing that is being communicated, what's that? Well, you tell us. We're going to follow this podcast with a bonus episode, the full recording of Helga Arias Para's Inchipit from our recent concert Jubilus at Blackheath Halls. That's the piece that you've heard us rehearsing in this podcast, and we'd love to know what you take away from the performance. Email us your thoughts, chestoftoys at riotensemble.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to welcoming you back to the Toy Chest soon. <laughs>